Hello, friends. Hope everything's going well with you. So, it's that time of year again. Kids are going back to school. Teachers are teaching again. Parents are either sad or happy that their little one is going back to school. And one of the things I've been thinking about as as a teacher and as a parent of students as this new school year is beginning has been the importance of our mental health when it comes to education. And my personal opinion, I believe that a child's mental health is actually more important than their grades. I mean, getting good grades is wonderful, but I believe the child's well mental well-being is even more important because I believe that a child whose mental health is being taken care of and is in a good state mentally will ultimately achieve those good grades that everybody cares about so much. But if a child's mental health is not in place, then even if they're getting good grades initially, it won't last. But more likely, that child won't be able to perform well because they're not in a position where they can give their best to their work. And I think that something that's often been missing, especially historically in the realm of education, is this awareness that children are not incomplete adults. They are whole persons with their own backstories and their own problems. And in fact, some kids are going through more than we could ever realize. As I have met more people in my life and talked with people and shared with them that I was a teacher, there have been so many stories I've heard from adults who went through difficult times as a child and because people did not believe that children had real problems, quote-unquote, often their, their childhood was missing the love and support that they needed because either they were going undiagnosed um, with either a mental health disorder or maybe they had ADHD, maybe, who knows what they were going through. But the response from the adults was simply that they were lazy or they were disrespectful or they weren't paying attention instead of asking how can we help this child and how can we come alongside them so all of that has really led to me becoming fully convinced that doing my best to care for the mental health of my students is one of the most important jobs that I have as a teacher so how do I do that You might be wondering, how do I, as a teacher, how do I try to help and support the mental health of my students when I'm not a counselor, I'm not a therapist in any way, nor do I position myself to be one? So how do I help them? How do I help support their mental health? So one way is what I call mini walks or short walks. So if a student is having a day, um, maybe there's something going on at home that you know, it's hard for them to get completely out of their head, or it could just simply be that they are getting stressed with the material that we are learning. They can ask to take a short break. The way our school is set up, there's 
you know, there are hallways that are completely locked off, like no one from the outside can get to them. So they are in a safe space and they can go for a short walk. It takes about a minute at the most to complete, but it gives them the ability to get out of the classroom for a second. It gives them the ability to walk away from the work, perhaps, that is stressing them out. It gives them a second to breathe. And often, when students are asking repeatedly to go to the restroom, not often, but sometimes I've found that the reason why they keep asking to go to the restroom is because they're trying to get a mental health break. They just don't know that that's what they need. And so by giving them the space to just take that break, then there's actually fewer disruptions in my classroom, and they end up actually leaving the room less often. And I believe the reason is, is because they know there's a way out. They know there's a system in place to support them so they don't have to try and take that time, if that makes sense. They know that I care enough about them that there is a way for them to take a mental break when they need it. Um, Another thing I do is what I think every teacher does, which is, you know, if two or three students need to talk, I just set that time aside to talk and let them share their feelings, let them share their frustrations and give them a chance to share what is, you know, good and bad about their lives. And we also do this with the subjects. For example, after a few math classes in the beginning of the year, we stopped and talked about it. What was math like for you guys last year? And now some of the students had me last year, so I knew, you know, I kind of knew what their previous year was like, but we had some new students, and it gave them a chance to share what they thought was good about their math experience, and so sometimes as a teacher I get good ideas that I might decide to implement myself, but I also get to learn what were their frustrations, what was difficult for them in the previous year, so that I know how to help them. I know how to support them. And it's kind of like group academic therapy. They get a chance to talk about, you know, any frustrations they had in the past. And we look at positive ways that we can move forward and how I can come alongside them as their teacher to give them the support and fill in those gaps that they felt like they had the previous year. And also it lets me know psychologically what extra help they might need in that area as well. Meaning it might be that I check in on them a little bit more often just so they feel that support. Or perhaps I check on them less if they had felt smothered by their previous teacher and say, hey, well, I will check on you less. Just let me know when you need me. Because that's children are different. Some children want you to check on them every two or three minutes while they're working independently. Others don't want you to so much as look at them, and they'll let you know when they need you. And so learning how they learn best, giving them the opportunity to share that feedback, gives them a sense of agency, gives them a sense of control. It lets them feel like they have a voice. And I think it's true for all of us, not just children, but adults as well. When we feel like we have a voice in what is going on, we might not be able to control everything, But simply the act of feeling heard can do wonders for how we feel about where we are and about what we have to do. Now, 
I have had some people raise concerns about this method and pointed out that there are children who will take advantage of teachers who give them an opportunity to take a short walk or will value their mental health over their academics. And it's true. Unfortunately, there are some children who are going to try and take advantage of me, of my kindness, of my empathy. But I would rather, if I had to pick, I would rather find out that a student took advantage of my kindness and my humanity than for me to not give that and find out that I miss an opportunity to help and support a child who needed that extra help and support. I just said help and support like a billion times. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Anyway, so that being said, I don't really, I don't worry about it because in the end, the truth always comes out. If a child is just doing that to take advantage of me, it does start to show in their academics because their work starts to slip and and so it just it the fruit bears out, I guess, if that makes sense. You know, that that biblical saying that you reap what you sow. So a child who reaps or sows deception, you know, it tends to come back on them. And so it doesn't ever work out in the long run. And frankly, if that is how they operate in life at some point, whether it's in the classroom or in the real world, that method of manipulation and back and well, will backfire on them. Ugh, words. I cannot talk right now. Uh. Anyway, so that, those are things I do for my students. Now, for myself as a teacher, how I try to take care of my own mental health is, one, I try to only work when I'm at work. Now, that's not always easy to do, but... If I know that I need to do extra work, whether it's grading or lesson prep, I just stay at the school longer. I do try to leave on time, but I'd rather come in early or stay late and know that when I leave, I'm done for the day than to leave on time and take work with me, and then I never feel like I get a break. So to accommodate that, on Mondays, I just come in early. I try to come in an hour early if I can, sometimes more, and that's my designated day to do extra work. And then if need be, I'll come in earlier, stay a little bit later on Friday. But then during the core of the week, I come in on time and I leave on time. And then I give myself a couple hours during my weekly reset on Sunday to do anything else that I might need to do at home. So I try to really protect my time off. I really try to protect my time away from work so that when I'm gone, I'm gone. And I email my work email notifications. I use a separate app for my work emails. And I try to turn off those, I turn off those notifications. So after four o'clock, if someone reaches out to me through my work channels, I just don't get the message unless I choose to look later if I feel like I'm in a space where I can or the next morning when I go in and check my emails and things like that. And so far, it has not affected my productivity. If anything, I've been more productive. Now, that being said, there are times where I have to suspend this and I have to put a little extra work in. For example, parent-teacher conferences, really the end and beginning of the quarter of quarters is where I do have to put a little bit of extra work in. But because it's not the entire school year, it's sustainable. 
And I'm able to give the extra time I need to knowing that it's short term and that it's not long term. And I also, in addition to that, I make sure that I have creative outlets, things that I do for fun that aren't school related. So for example, this podcast, the videos I make on TikTok, um, drawing and painting for fun, um, you know, I have a story that I'm writing, time with my wife, time with my children. That is, those things are important because it reminds me that I'm a person outside of being a teacher. And while my social life is not as, well, I've never had a thriving social life, full disclosure, but it's even less than when I was, you know, younger, there are still friends that I reach out to and that I get to see occasionally for that same reason as well. It helps to enrich my life and, I don't know, fill the bucket of my soul so I can pour out to others. Uh, That was dumb. Anyway, my last thought is parents. What can we do as parents to help support our children's mental health? Um, This is going to vary from child to child, but encouraging your children to develop morning and evening routines, especially when they're little, As they get older, the routines might just simply be a couple of reminders to brush their teeth, to make sure their clothes are ready for the next day, make sure they pack their lunch, you know, just the little things, make sure they're ready for the next day. And then in the morning, making sure that they have a little routine they go through, you know, getting up, eating breakfast, getting dressed, do your chores, pack your lunch, you know, just the things that you walk the dog, those things you do every day um, really helps the children to feel like they're ready, they're organized, and that every morning and evening is not this hectic, chaotic whirlwind. I would say, you know, if they're they're able to do extracurricular activities, having one or two things to do outside of school is great. And again, know your child. Some children, they could do six or seven extracurricular activities, and that's actually great for them. Um, Others, more than two, could put a mental strain on them. So again, take the time to get to know your child, but having something to do that's fun, that's not school-related, that gets them outside around other children, you know, is good for them and helps them. And then, regarding homework, I I always say, remember that you are the primary person in that child's life. So, if homework is, the homework, you know, that's, I was about to say prescribed, my goodness, assigned, for the child is well within their abilities to complete, then great. But if there's a point where you sense that the homework is interfering with your child's mental health, if it's creating stress, if they're sitting at the table for three hours and it's not a situation, it's not, they're not just refusing to do the work, but like they know what to do and they don't, they know what to do and they're just not doing it. That's a separate conversation. But if they know, if they don't know what to do or if they just, or if they just feel completely stressed, they're having mental breakdowns, I recommend reach out to their teacher. Talk with them about it. Get an understanding of, you know, is a student demonstrating that they understand the concepts before they go home to practice them? Are they exhibiting similar behavior in the classroom? You know, don't be afraid to to advocate for your child. And if the homework's too much, just tell your child not to do it and write a note to the teacher. And say, hey, this is what's going on. This is why my child didn't do the work. This is why I don't want my child to do this much work. Um, You know, I feel like having a respectful conversation with their teacher 
about how things are at home for them can always help. And then I would, in addition, to the last thing I would say is when a child gets their grades and they, or good, gets good grades, if they do well in school, praise the effort, not the end result. We want, because I believe when a child is rewarded for the hard work itself, for the effort, for the consistent discipline and focus, it encourages them to focus on the work. It encourages them to focus on being disciplined. It encourages them to focus on the training instead of just the end result, which can actually create stress because then if they do, because if they work really hard, they're obviously working hard, but they get a C, well, in my mind, that's still good because they worked hard and they were learning. Now, maybe there might be, there might be some obstacles that's getting in their way, but it's obviously not a work ethic situation. It's not a discipline situation. Whereas if a child doesn't do anything and they get an A, well, it might be because they crammed the night before, so they're going to immediately forget everything they learned to get that A. And so, they, and so in the end, they didn't learn anything. And so the entire exercise, the entire lesson, they, the test was a waste of time because the child has an A, but nothing to show for it. No working knowledge of the topic itself. I'm going to stop there because I could end up going on this big old rant about developing grit in children and focusing on the hard work and the effort, but I do strongly recommend that. All right, friends, well, this is a bit of a longer episode than normal, and yet even so, I feel like I just glanced on all of these topics. So if there's ever if there's anything in here that you want to hear more about, please look me up on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. Um, my username is Mr. Underscore Maxwell 16. Uh, feel free to send me any additional questions that you might have, anything that I did not clarify, and I'll be happy to do so either in the message itself or in a follow-up episode. All right, friends, it's time for your next adventure. I'll miss you. Cheers. Thank you, friends, for listening to the Mr. Maxwell Podcast. If you'd like to see what else I am up to, you can find me on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram, all at Mr. Underscore Maxwell 16. Please, I'd love to hear from you. Um, let me know what you think of the podcast. Let me, think of, let me know if there are any other things you'd like me to talk about. All right, friends, hope you have a wonderful day.